are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to who? Always wonderful. And might I add, handsome host of this podcast, multimedia journalist and graphic designer, Millard Thomas. So please go check out my website. It's Millard Thomas, my first name and my last name, Millard Thomas, and then it's the number 24. So it's MillardThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we are talking about MLB playoffs, of course. We're going to be talking about last night's games or yesterday's games because they're all day long. And then I want to talk about some free agent targets for the Diamondbacks for this off season. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. And don't forget to go to Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. All right, all right. Let's first start with the Braves game. If my computer wants to pull it up. All right, Braves versus Marlins. Another great game for the Braves. Pitching, they got another shutout. They won 7-9. to nine. They had a rookie on the mound, Kyle Wright. He went amazing, or he had an amazing debut. Six innings in his postseason debut. Just superb pitching. Just superb pitching all season from uh, the Braves in this postseason. They only allowed three hits, or Wright did. He only allowed three hits, walking two in a career-high Seven strikeouts. The Braves became the second team in history to throw four shutouts. The first five first playoff games to start the postseason. Uh, hasn't been done since the 1905 New York Giants. So if you're telling me about baseball from the 19 early, early 1900s, then that's uh, those numbers back then went crazy. So if you're doing numbers today from back then, then you're doing something special. And then after two rounds, the Braves have already pitched the most postseason shutouts in franchise history, uh, better than 1996 and 1991. Both of those teams each threw three, and both of those teams went to the World Series. So the Braves are already on a record-setting pace for their pitching, and they're only one shutout shy of tying the MLB record for most in a postseason over the 2016 Indians who did in 15 games. But for the Marlins, you got to be you know, happy with what your team did this year. Obviously, you lost your first postseason in MLB or in franchise history, but you, you still had a great season. Sixto, Chan- Sixto Sanchez didn't have a great start last night, but you know he's a good pitcher. He's got a bright future ahead of him. And if you're the Marlins, I think you have a bright future ahead of you as a team. Just keep stacking prospects. Keep adding more talent to the young pool you already have, and you could compete for a foreseeable time. Now, for the Braves, they will be seeing the L.A. Dodgers in the next round. But before I talk about what happened in last night's Dodgers versus Padres game, 
I want to talk about first the Rays versus the Astros. So the Rays versus the Astros, it was just an offensive, or excuse me, did I say Rays versus the Astros? I meant A's versus the Astros. It was an offensive shootout in this one. A's won 11-6, and those Astros are heating up, man. You better watch out. Carlos Correa had a go-ahead three-run home run after Michael Brantley's two-run shot in the fourth inning. Correa drove in five in the uh, for the Astros in this one. And if you look at the Astros team, that offense is heating up. Both the Astros and A's did have a good offensive series, though. They both combined for 24 home runs, 12 each, the most in a postseason series of five games of fewer. But if you're the Astros, their offense is finally starting to come around. During the, the regular season, the Astros ranked 20th in the majors with 240 batting average and 14th with 279 runs scored. But once they got to the ALDS, Correa, Altuve, and Bregman, and Tucker each batted over 400 with Springer at 389. So their bats were coming alive at just the right moment. And there was a pretty funny moment this game yesterday with Zach Granke on the mound. He actually told what pitch was coming to uh, Ramon Laureano, I believe, or maybe not Laureano. Which one was it? Uh, it was either Laureano or I think it was Laureano because he had two home runs off Zach Greinke. So it was Laureano. Greinke actually told Laureano what pitch was coming. Like, uh, you know, we've seen the Astros guys. They've had such an advantage with knowing what pitch is coming. So Greinke said, let me do the A's a favor. Tell them what pitch is coming. And it didn't work out for him. He gave up a three-run home run. So that I, I thought that was kind of funny. But great win for the Astros. They'll move on. We still don't know who they'll face, whether they're Yankees or Rays. But if you're fa- uh, either team, I think you got to be concerned with this Astros team. Their offense is hitting on all cylinders. Their pitching is just good enough. Their relief Pitching has been pretty dominant. Their starting pitching has been good enough. And their offense is finally clicking on all cylinders. So I'll be watch. I'll be kind of scared if I was the Yankees or Rays. And now let's shift gears and talk about that Yankees or Rays game from yesterday. Yankees versus Rays game. I don't know why I said or, but Yankees versus Rays. This was the Yankees night, I guess. Uh, they finally had some home runs, or I guess not finally. They've been hitting the home runs, but the Rays have just been doing it better. But they cooled the Rays' bats last night. You got a great start by Montgomery, who only went four innings, but only gave up one earned run, three walks, and four strikeouts. So he looked solid. Great bullpen game by the Yankees. And there was no uh, rookie, you know, there's no Cuban rocket in this one. He went 0 for 4. That is Arozarena. He went 0 for 4, two strikeouts. So he finally cooled him off. But if you're the Yankees, tonight's game five you have to win it you came in as a world series favorite you can't lose to the Rays, even though they were the best team in the division and the division leader this season you can't lose to the Rays when you went out there spend all that money this offseason on garrett cole and that's why tonight they're giving garrett cole the ball on three days rest but so are the Rays, who are giving tyler glasnow the ball on on uh two days rest so this is going to be a battle of, of wills for both of these pitchers. And maybe both of these managers try to go to the bullpen early if they don't like to see what their pitchers are showing. But tonight's Game 5, I believe it will be the first time two pitchers facing each other in the postseason will be on three days rest or fewer since 1997 when it was Andy Pettit versus Jamie Wright. So it will be an intriguing game, to say the least. Not just because it's, you know, win or go home, but just because you see two pitchers on the brink, you know, we've seen Madison Bumgarner do this before. We've seen him in the World Series, but this is just the ALDS, and teams are already resorting, uh, resorting to putting their best pitchers in this situation. That lets you know how much they want to win tonight's game. I'm all here for it, honestly.
And then the last game we have to talk about is the Dodgers versus Padres. And the Dodgers just put a whooping last night on the Padres. Just nothing the Padres could do. 12-3. to The Dodgers pitching uh, was pretty solid in this one. Dustin May only went one inning. He was the opener. Their reliever, their, their next reliever, Kolarak, gave, him, gave up two earned runs. But that was pretty much it uh, for uh, the Padres' offense. They did score another run, but it was not an earned run. It was off an error. And the Padres had to throw out 11 pitchers in this one. So they were really struggling with their pitching depth. They were just trying to do whatever they can to keep this one close. And unfortunately, they just couldn't. It was just a Will Smith game. Nothing you could do about it. He went five for six, three RBIs. I think he broke a Dodgers postseason record with those five hits. I mean, that that's a lot. I, Will Smith said a Dodgers postseason record with five hits. It says it here. So nothing you could do. Will Smith, the catcher's getting five hits, setting postseason records. Nothing you could do if you're the Padres. But I thought this season, this series was going to be closer. I thought Tatis and Machado was going to put up a good fight. They did in a couple games. But overall, they couldn't get it done. Tatis only batted 182. Machado only batted 167. Hosmer batted 154. When your three best players in the middle of your lineup are not going to give you anything against the best team in baseball who you're underdogs against, you're going to lose that series every time. So good job by the Dodgers. They'll face the Braves in the next round. And we'll see if the Braves pitching can slow down that Dodgers offense. Now, I'll talk about which players I think the Diamondbacks should target in the offseason. But first, I want to talk to you guys about... Uh, what do I want to talk to you guys about? Because I need to pull it up. Because I want to talk to you guys about Postmates. Because when you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m., or ibuprofen at 10 a.m., Postmates. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS and Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with code LOCKEDON. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the podcast. And now let's talk about those offseason targets for the Diamondbacks. I want to first start with Jackie Bradley Jr., who's a center fielder for the Red Sox, but he's going to be a free agent. I don't think he's going to be a terribly, uh, I don't think he's going to be 
a huge contract. I think maybe around seven to eight million. But I think he's by far the best defensive center fielder in all of baseball. He also had a 283 batting average, which was a career high. 364 OBP, a career high. He had an 814 OPS, which was pretty good. So maybe just because it was a contract year, but he's been a gold glover. He's basically the Nick Ahmed of center fielders, but he's got some pop too. He had seven home runs this season, which would have been second on the Diamondbacks. Had 21 last year, so as a low cost option, best defensive center fielder in baseball with some pop and maybe uh, you know improvement on the offensive side. I definitely like Jackie Bradley as an option team. Next up on my list is who is next up on my list? Let me look at it. Taiwan Walker, the actual former Arizona Diamondback who spent a little bit of time here. I thought he had a really good season, even though he got traded. He, he was pretty good this year. He had like 50 strikeouts, I believe. In, uh, he had 50 strikeouts and 53 innings. He had a 2.7 ERA, a 1.16 whip. And he barely made any money the last couple of seasons, so he might be looking for an uptick in his contract, but I definitely think he's worth it. I really like Taiwan Walker, and I think the starting pitching for the Diamondbacks definitely needs a little bit of improvement. So if the D-backs could go out there and get Taiwan Walker for not a ton of money, I think they should try to definitely pull the trigger. Because I just don't know with Madison Bumgarner and Luke Weaver if they're going to continue their, you know, their slump that they were in all season. They didn't look good this year, and I would love some extra insurance. I think Taiwan Walker would arguably be the best pitcher on the staff, definitely after Zach Gallen, but after Gallen, Taiwan Walker could be the number two starter in that rotation. Next on my list for targets is Trevor Rosenthal, reliever, who can also be a, a shutdown closer, who's actually a closer, honestly, is more of a closer than reliever. He's only 30 years old. He returned, uh, when he returned from Tommy John last year, he struggled a little bit with a 13.5 ERA, but this season, he's been absolutely shut down. He has a 1.9 ERA. He's got 11 saves, and this is a guy who's got a, a history of being absolutely disgusting. In 2014 and 2015, he racked up over 90 saves, 93 to be exact. So I definitely think this is a guy where he could be uh, one of the best closers in baseball. The D-backs need a closer right now. That spot is up for grabs. We've got a couple options on the team right now, but nothing is certain. So if the D-backs should go out and get Rosenthal for a pretty decent contract, I definitely think they should do that as well because you can never have enough bullpen depth. Next on my list of relievers, or not relievers, targets is DJ LeMahieu because this guy has just been an offensive machine ever since joining the Yankees. And I know what you're thinking. Isn't he a second baseman? He is. Don't we have Quetzal Marte? We do, but this guy could play second base, and then Quetzal Marte could move to center field permanently, and I don't think that would be a bad choice either. And then this guy actually led this year with batting average at 364. The second time he did it, he did that back in 2016 as well with a 348 batting average. as a career 305 batting average, also led American League in OBP with 421, and OPS with 1011, had 10 home runs, had 26 home runs last season with 102 ribbies. So this guy could be an offensive machine for the Dodgers. Back. He's 31, so maybe a three-year contract for him. And at second base, he's been a gold glover too. So you could put Ketel Marte in center field, not lose anything defensively at second, and still get an offensive machine and get even more offensive firepower because Ketel Marte would now be in center field. So I would definitely love that move if the Diamondbacks could pull it off. 
Now, just a couple more names. Next, I got George Springer on my list. Now, he might be a pretty high-priced uh, free agent. So will DJ LeMayo, I'm assuming. I, I think the Yankees will resign him. But George Springer would definitely be a high-priced free agent. He's 31, so he is over 30. But this guy, just such a track work, uh, such a track record of being a stud. Last season, he was a top seven MVP candidate and silver slugger. 39 bombs, a 292 batting average, 974 OPS. He's been at least a 25 home run guy the last few seasons. I mean, his 162 game average is 35 home runs a year. So when he's healthy, he's a stud. Uh, he's not a soup speedster guy, but he's definitely a guy that can play center field. He's going to be an offensive machine, and we've seen what he's done for the Astros in these playoffs, and so hopefully he can help get the Diamondbacks to the playoffs because they've only been there what the last time they were there was 2017, and they just lost in the wild card round, I believe. They might have got to the divisional series. I think they might have got to divisional series and lost to the Dodgers. I got to check on that one. Don't quote me exactly, but either way, D-backs could use a guy like this, like a George Springer, who's got the pedigree of being in the World Series multiple postseasons, and he doesn't shrink when the moment gets too big for him. So I definitely like uh, George Springer as maybe a, a buy-high candidate because he'll cost some money, but I definitely like him. And then finally, we got Kevin Gosman, my last target on this list. Starting pitcher is going to be a free agent. Pitch for the Giants this season, so we definitely saw a decent amount. He's never lived up to being the fourth overall pick. He's had a pretty up-and-down career, but he's still only 29, 30 years old. A 3.62 ERA this season, and he is a strikeout monster. 11.9 strikeouts per nine, so I definitely think he can help. I definitely think he'll help the D-backs in that area with the strikeouts. Hopefully help the bullpen a little bit by getting quicker outs in. I think he just had a good season. I really liked what he did with the Giants this year. I had him on a fantasy team, and he usually did pretty good for me. So I think if the D-backs could target these Tra uh, these offseason targets, these free agents in the offseason, I think it could really be a big boost to this team. Some of them will be more expensive than others, but D-backs need to get some stars, add some eyeballs to this team, you know, get more money, more revenue, and then you could pay players like this. D-backs never pay anyone. The only guy they paid was Madison Bumgarner, and look how that turned out. So maybe pay someone who's a little bit younger and who's actually in their prime of their career and is actually trending in the right direction because of Madison Bumgarner was trending in the wrong direction when gave him that contract, even though I was a fan of the contract. So hopefully Mike Hazen and the Diamondbacks could right their wrong this offseason. Now that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to today's podcast. Go back and listen to this week's podcast if you missed any to catch up. And as always, come back next week for more Diamondbacks news, coverage, insight, and we'll be talking more playoff baseball. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy, y'all. Peace!